0: For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
2: Hello there, Mick Shepherd here. Are you all on the Adoption Chronicles? And today's episode 37. Can you believe it? 37 episodes in. And today we're lucky enough to be talking with Chris Butters, who's got a very interesting adoption story. Welcome to
3: the show, Chris. Oh, hi. How are you? Very good. How are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Can't complain. No worries. So, So, um, where does your story start? Well, my story started, um, I was adopted. Yep. And the journey started. at the uh, Melbourne uh, Women's Hospital in
2: 1967.
3: Right. Um, yeah. So um, so that's there, where you were
2: adopted out?
3: Uh, no, I spent a, um, a year in the Broadmeadows Foundling Home um, before being adopted out to uh, Bendigo in uh, Victoria.
2: Right. So a year seems like quite a, a long time to not be adopted out. Is there any... Anything that happened for that?
3: I have no idea. I was just a baby, so I don't know. But yeah. um, I yep. know that I know that, um, and we'll be going into it. I know that my my, um, my mother had been at that same place, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but th- that was long before before I was born. Yes. So yeah. So yeah, I was adopted out to a family in 1968. Yep. In Bendigo, and they'd already adopted out a a girl. Yep, who was two years older than me. Right, and her name was um, Suzanne. Um, and yeah, but um, yeah, so that was my older sister.
2: Yep. So when you were growing up, um, yep. how early was it when you found out that you were adopted?
3: Um, I was about seven. I just. I was a Catholic mm-hmm. and I was I was um, did my confirmation and then they told me right that I was adopted. Yeah.
2: So how do you remember that conversation going?
3: Um it was <laughs> um they told me and I was like what what's going on?
1: Yeah. Kind of
3: thing. I did I didn't have a clue. Um, I'd, I just thought I was part of the family. I didn't know anything, um, anything different. Yep. At the time, yeah, you know, I just was stand there, and then I started thinking, well, why was I given up? Yeah. Um, why, why did I get get dropped on the doorstep of these people? And um, yeah, and I'd would find that I'd uh, uh, years on, I would be still looking around the street, looking for anyone that could be my relatives, because. My parents that I had, um, my adopted parents, uh, were from England. Right. And they had no relatives here. They did have a brother. Yep. Uh, and he died on the Westgate Bridge. Oh. Yeah, he was like the second last to be found in the water. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> it kind of knocked um, his brother for six and he became an alcoholic. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was brought up my mother, and so it was pretty. Uh, I'm not having to go at my father. I just think that um, he used to drink of, of a real lot. Yeah. So okay. yeah. So I used to think at night I'd cry myself to sleep. Yep. Thinking, um, where are my parents? And why 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 am I getting put through this? Yeah. Sometimes, but my mother's lovely. My mother was yep. fantastic. She was a pillar of the earth kind of thing. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So, um, I started thinking about looking for my, my, uh, my mother, my birth mother. Yep. i Started thinking about looking for her. I'd gotten married and had two children, and um, at this time, I'd I'd travelled back to Victoria, and I was doing, uh, I was in the military, and I was doing an electronics. Course. Yep. To become a technician in the military, and um, I found out that um, we could get my birth certificate. So I applied for my birth certificate. Yep. And, and um, got that sent to me, and I found out my mother's name was um, Dawn Howard. Right. And so I, I started started thinking, well, who, where's this Dawn Howard's Howard gone to? Yeah. And I thought to myself, "Well, um, I, I had a you know, I had a wife at the time, and she knew someone, and, and that person um, had con- connections to records, which yep. I didn't know anything about at the time because I was too busy doing my electronics course, of course to think about it." Yeah. And my 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 um, you know, that person went and looked up some records, and um, Found out that she was in Adelaide. Wow! So, yeah, so um, that that was a bit quicker than normal. So I didn't have to go down backwards and forwards to the to Melbourne because mm. we were living in aubrey Wodonga at the time. So right. miles okay. away from there. Yep. So um, I don't know how we did it, but I, um, somehow we found the phone number to the place. Yeah, right. And, and I made a phone call to my mother just out and, of the blue yeah out of the blue yeah and what i should have done was send a letter but um, yep. i don't know whether i sent a letter or or rango. i can't remember it's so long ago i was yeah. 28 years old at the time yep um and too busy doing my electronics course to to what i wanted to know her and find, but um I ended up going over there and, um, I found out I had a brother and sister in Adelaide.
2: So I can only assume the phone call went pretty well
3: then. Um, it was, let's say it was touch and go. It was probably a better idea to write to them than to, Yeah. yeah, to actually, um, do that to make the phone call. Yep. Um, but. She um, told me that she'd wanted me back, but she couldn't get me back. That's what she told me, but I don't know. Mm. I don't want to go into that very much at the moment. uh, The whole story there. Yep. Um, But um, I got over there and I got picked up from a bus. So I took a bus from from Wodonga to Adelaide. Right. And I got off the bus and I met my mother and my brother who was there, mm-hmm. who was young you know, smaller, and she'd married an Armenian Egyptian guy. Right. So he looked a little bit like Danny DeVito. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> no, funny about it. Anyway. Yeah. So I went to visit them and the sister came and she was speaking, I think it was Arabic. I don't know i look i was brought, brought up by english people so yep. they showed me a belly belly dancer at my sister's wedding and all the rest of it and, yep and i sat there and i go and it was kind of god's gobsmacking because i'm actually um i'm half english Scottish, a bit scottish irish
1: yep
3: and um also dutch right. and german yep so sing a belly bar Belly dancer at a, at my sister's wedding was a bit strange.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> As you do. Um. So she was speaking Arabic, and she wasn't too happy that I'd showed up. I think. Okay. I think she must have thought I was after something, but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't after anything because it was I'm not entitled to anything, and yeah, yeah. that's the big thing with with adopted out people. They these people think that we're after something, but we're, we're no, not. Correct. We're after the connection of fact. Family.
1: yeah
3: and we get there and they think that we're entitled to something but i believe that we're not right. so um i'm pretty sure that when you get adopted you, you're not entitled to anything from your real family yep and that's that's fine with me Yeah, and, i think and that's that, um that's yeah. that
2: makes complete sense
3: mm. yeah so um we, we kept in contact for a while um and I moved to Townsville and we lost a little bit of the contact yep. kind of thing. And um, when I moved back into Sydney, I contacted my brother who was at the RAF base and we hung out a little bit together. Mm-hmm. And um, But after that, we kind of went apart for a while. And then my, my, my wife at the time um, left me. And took my children with her. So I was kind of lost.
1: Yeah.
3: And I ended up getting a posting back down to Victoria. And um, I stayed there for a while. And then I got a post. They said, Oh, we've got your post. Your kids are living in Perth and you're living in Victoria. Uh, We've got your posting to Adelaide, which Hmm. made common sense, doesn't it? Halfway. Halfway. Yeah. At least it's closer. Yeah, it was closer, but um, anyway. So I moved over to Adelaide, and I tried to build that contact up with them again. Yep. But over time, it just seemed to deteriorate because I, I didn't feel like an embarrassment, but to them, I was an embarrassment to them. They they kind of said, "Don't tell anyone that you're related to us." Yeah. Um. We don't want we don't want that connection. Terrible. And. Yeah, so I'd lent a DVD to my brother to watch. Yep. And I dropped in on the way back from a girlfriend's place from Adelaide because you know I was single at the time. So yep, yep. I dropped dropped back. Was picking up, and my mother came to the door and goes, "What are you doing here?" They were having a dinner.
2: Yep.
3: So I was just said, oh, "I'm just dropping in to pick up a DVD and heading back up to." Um, I was living up at. Uh, Sixteen AD, which is the the army base up there, yep. um, in the hills, yep. So um, at Woodside, I reckon, yeah, Woodside. It was yep. a gr- great little out with the ducks, uh, yeah. Anyway, yep. yeah. So um, she kind of told me to go away and not come back again, right. And so I'd gone to the other um, because in Adelaide there's a big. I ended up pulling up near a park, and I was just crying for a while because I was very, very distressed about that. Yeah. Um, even though I was, like, probably 36 at the time. Yeah. 36, 37. Yep. Um, it really upset me a lot. Yeah. Is it, and is it? so, yeah. But she told me, like, when I was 28 that I had um, two aunts and an uncle. Now, she tried to explain, but the internet wasn't around back then. No. Um, It was 1991, so it it was was very, you know, there wasn't anything around, so I just left it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and she also explained that um, one of my aunt's um, kids had a um, problem with um, a substance. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and that kind of made me a bit afraid to contact my relatives. Right. Cause I didn't really get involved in that type of stuff and it didn't really, you know, at the time, but then it, it kind of, she, she kind of put me off that way. Yeah. But she did tell me I had a grandmother and told me she lived in Melbourne. Okay. And her name was, was Phyllis, uh, Parker at the time, but her, her original name was, um, Howard. But her, her name before that would have been Hargraves. So I contacted, I went to see my grandmother and she lived in a nursing home. She'd been in a nursing home for a long, long time. Okay. Um, so I went to her the first time. And she said, you should ring Mari. Well, I had no number for Mari. That would be the last, you know, my Aunt Mari, I didn't have a phone number and nothing or Joe or contact Joe. I said, well, how do I contact them? And she didn't know how to because she was like slowly um, losing, losing um, function, uh, her brain function because she'd been in this nursing home for so long.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so I didn't have an idea. I asked the ladies at the, the front desk and they said to me, oh, your relatives have to, um, you know, we can't give you that information. So I just left it. And I... Years had gone by and um, I'd gotten out of the army by this stage yep. and I'm working at working at a, a TV repair place because I just walked in there one day and said, oh, have you got a job for me? Yep. Because you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I could have got out and so I end up fixing TVs for six, seven months.
2: Okay. Back in and the days and, um, when TVs used to get fixed.
3: Yeah, yeah, when TVs used to get fixed and yeah. so um, – yeah they, they had like their company had like 130 odd brands so you know right. they'd throw me on the desk and go fix that yeah i go i've never seen it it only came out last week but you'll be able to fix it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was all all good and but these people were really nice and yep. um they ended up and en- ended up introducing me to my now wife okay um because they were friends with those people and, and like it, it was great yeah uh, and um yeah, so I, I was talking to them, and they liked doing um, Ancestry. They were doing their family tree. Okay. And um, the husband was a lovely guy, Kevin and Monica, and I said to Monica one day, I said, look, there's no point trying to find anyone. Um, I don't have any relatives. I have a couple of relatives in Adelaide. Um, they don't want to know me. Um, I do have relatives here, but I don't know how to contact them. So, um she goes, oh well, what's which what's your grand? I said my grandmother's just died. Um, well, give me your grandmother's name. So I gave her my grandmother's name as I knew it, it was Phyllis Parker.
2: Yep.
3: Um, so she went and she found um, Phyllis Parker's um, obituary in the paper, mm-hmm. and it was, and she found a. F- Found the guy's name, and it was a, and it was my auntie Joe's husband had written and put it in the paper. Wow. Um And so she found the phone number in Melbourne of um, my auntie Joe through well my uncle. Um, at the moment, I can't. Hopefully, hope he's not listening. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, so, um. I, I rang yep. and I got this, this lady and at the time she was still living at home. She had, I was very lucky that she was still alive. She had had a, um, but she was paralysed from, oh. from head to toe. Right. So you broke
2: up there. Was that, a, was that a stroke
3: that she had? She, yeah, yeah, a right. stroke. She had had a stroke. She was a nurse and she had a stroke. Right. At the hospital. At the hospital. Wow. And they saved her life. That's lucky. Yeah. Yeah, that was very lucky for her. Yeah. And so, but he, her husband was a, a saint. He tried to look after her for five years. Yep. Um. You know, he was a saint for doing that. Um, yeah. And then he couldn't do it anymore and put her in nursing home. But before she went in nursing home, she took the, my phone phone call.
2: Okay.
3: And. And so they lived on the other side of Melbourne, and we live in Bendigo. So it's fair distance. So yeah, it's yeah. a three or three and a half hours drive.
1: Yep.
3: Um, she said, "We thought you existed. Um, your Arnie Murray wants to talk to you." And at the time, I was I didn't know Arnie Murray lived in Texas. Right. So, yeah. She got us the phone number, and please contact Arnie Murray. So I waited until it was the right time of the day yep. to make a phone call to Texas, and I phoned her up, and we hadn't had a great conversation. Cool, um, absolutely lovely lady. She, what had happened to Auntie Mari was she had, um, and this, she had um, my my um, aunts and uncles and my mother had all lived in. Um, children uh catholic children ho- homes my right. mother had been had a had a turned eye and okay. ended up in um in a disabled children's home but there was nothing wrong with her um mental uh, she was pretty bright but she yeah. wasn't taught much so she right. ended up in the laundry just because a laundry. of the turned
1: and,
3: eye yeah because of the turned eye she ended up in the laundry and she Jeez. ended up cleaning people's houses and stuff yeah
1: okay
3: and and my other two aunts and my uncle ended up in Geelong, in Geelong um, Orphanage, right. which is really, really funny because after, uh, when we go into it and, and like, after I've finished doing this bit, you'll find out a little bit more about Geelong Orphanage. And it is an amazing story of what, what really went on. So, anyway, we're talking to... Um, Aunty Murray ended up coming out to Australia and she stayed with me. So, this is the first trip she came out. She stayed with me for probably four or five weeks. Yeah, okay. And had a great time and really connected with my aunt. And she had had a lot of problems with my mother as well, with her husband. Um, she had a, a son who's now a detective in, 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 um, oh, where is he? Somewhere in Texas. Um, want to say dallas but i'm not 100 sure um he's a detective over there so he came over as a kid and they stayed at my mother's house with her husband and he naggy his name was naggy and he um, wanted them to stay but they wanted to go up and visit people up in the northern territory which is another story which will come in a couple of minutes yep um and they got kicked out at three o'clock in the morning out of this wow. house, and they'd ring Arnie Aunt, Joe and, and get a motel for the night and fly back to Melbourne. Three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. That's he threw incredible. them out of a, out of his house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Used to, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so um, where was I up to? I'm getting sidetracked. I've gone off now. <laughs> um, gone, yeah. At the, yeah. So. Um, I ended up had her, and then the second time she came out, she came out with my my other cousin, which is a female, and yep. and she is now a in charge of. Well, she's in charge of something in the UN. She's a climate change oh. climate change scientist, and she went to Princeton and all this. So I've, it was a bit, bit much. For me, you know what I mean? She came yeah. out and we had um, some tea and, and she was working for a company. Uh, I shouldn't really mention any company's names, but yep. um yeah. But anyway, so I met my I get I got to meet my my cousin, which is fantastic. Yeah. Is anyway. Cool. Yeah, so then then the Victorian government opened up the books. Yes. Um for um having a look at the family history. Mm. And what had been told to me from my aunts, and they didn't really know their family thought that my grandmother could play the piano. Uh And they said that her mother was a pianist. And I go, really? And I went and got the records from the Catholics Mm -hmm. of my family. And the the thing was that... Um, as I said that my my um, aunts and uncles lived in an orphanage yes wow well um, my grandmother lived in an orphanage so wow. it was three generations of adopted out or, or children home people that's pretty um, crazy going right? through and so it's crazy as yeah. and it gets even crazier so okay. what happened was I got I got the information from the Catholics yep and we're looking at it and we said right we're going to we're going to start ancestry.com and we're going to try and get some information yes and i'm going to and my my wife got me a dna test so her and her parents got me this dna test for my birthday saying well we're going to get this sorted so i did the dna test i got the paperwork from the catholics and i found that my great great grandmother's name was Agnes Hargraves. Okay. Like in Hargraves, it's in the main street of Bendigo. It's called Hargrave Street. Yep. So I'm thinking, wow, what a fantastic name on my Hargraves. This yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so what had happened was um, I I started doing my journey and I started going through doing um, the ancestry stuff and we had the Hargraves name and we couldn't find anything on Hargraves. Right. Agnes Hargroves didn't exist anywhere. Yeah, right. We're going, what's, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. So the plot thickens. So, yeah, so the plot really does thicken. And we, my wife somehow jagged on to a marriage certificate for, for Hargroves and married Agnes Buckley, like right. in Buckley's and Nun, and they were in Geelong, so, you know, yeah, the Buckley okay. family. Right. So apparently. Apparently she'd come from down through Pyramid, so she'd born up around Pyramid or something like that.
1: Yep.
3: Um, and so they'd traveled and they ended up in Geelong. So she had married a Hargroves, I can't remember his his first name, and I'm sorry to all the relatives that are listening because this gets really, really, really deep. He he and her had seven children. Right. And because I was in the military, I looked up his records.
1: Uh huh.
3: And apparently, he, because we have that with the RSL, we have the records. So yeah, yep. I looked at his records. World War I, He he he'd gone from working in the docks in Geelong, and he he'd gone and and joined did the right thing and joined the military. Yeah. At um, and he went to Broadmeadows Camp, where he swiftly did his courses, whatever it was, and. Um, he got um, the flu or something similar, and so they sent him home to recover. Yep. And he gave it to one of his other kids, and both of them died. Oh wow! And so they the the, the army at the time didn't send any money to him, so she was destitute. Bloody she hell. had seven children, and the seven children were all Hargroves and they all ended up. At the, she went to the Catholics and dropped them all off. Right, all seven of them, um, into the orphanage. Wow, and she ended up as, um, what would you say, a lady of the night? Because you know it's wow, it's back in the 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 nineteen uh, a type of era. Yeah, so she ended up doing that, and wow. so, um. We found some information in the the gazette because you can always find if you, you're having problems looking your gazette in the online.
1: Yep.
3: And and we found information that she she'd had a child which was my grandmother afterwards, and she put that um, um, she put her into the into the um, the Geelong orphanage, Catholic orphanage, exactly <laughs> okay. the same one as my 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 um, aunt wow. ended up in. And so she went to um, a guy named Warren. His name was. Yep. And later on, with the DNA testing, I got connected to Warren, so I didn't make a mistake with that. And he he'd have he'd um, had the baby out of wedlock, so they put the baby into the adoption system. Right. So he paid for the first year, um, monies to to the Catholics to look after. My grandmother. Wow! And from the, from there, she ended after a year. She got adopted out to someone in Melbourne, who just happened to be a pianist. Wow! So her name was Howard. So okay, that's how she ended up with the name Howard, and how all the kids had Howard as well. So right, yes. So um, I, me and my wife built out the the family tree from there, and we ended up um finding all these 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 kids and that and i didn't know what to do so i just kept building it out and we kept finding relatives from dna yep for the warrens and then um my my mother ended up having my my um my mother through a guy named bennett in melbourne in brunswick yep and in about 1968 um my grandmother was hanging around in Brunswick and about a suburb away, her mother died. Oh. But I don't even know if she knew. Yeah, right. No, it's just one suburb away. So she moved from Geelong to Melbourne over the time and got remarried and um, had a, a good life. Anyway, um, m- my grandmother ended up with a, two different guys. One was Warren and another one was, um, what was the other guy's name? Off the top of my head, I've now forgotten it. But the connection there was that um, Joe had a, a different father to um, to Dawn and to uh, Mari. Right. Mari and Dawn had the same same father, Bennett. Okay. Um, big Jim, they used to call him. Yep. And. So I had the connection to some cousins in Melbourne, which I still kept the connection, so I tried to get some information from them. I put the Bennett family back together there. Nice. And then I worked my way back to the Warren family, but I also did a fair bit on the Hargraves because the thing was I had no idea who my father was. Uh And all I got told was when I was 28, she took me out to the back of the veranda because she didn't want to say anything in front of um her husband, and just said um, he's a Dutchman and gave me some information that he used to work for the Ford factory. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so I just thought, well, okay, so he was a Dutchman and, you know, Ford factory, and she said that she'd gone out with him for a while. So I didn't know much. So I just led her to that. And so um, what I did do, with the, though, was with the with the the family, On I tried to, Built it out as much as I could,
1: mm-hmm.
3: knowing that um, after going into the Warren family, I found that um, one of his his grandmother was a German lady, and so it was in the in the same area as, or well, it was over the border into Germany. But the other one was in Holland, and after I found out the information, they were right on the border of Holland. Right. So. I had to build out this family tree as big as I could go so I could work on the father's side of the family because I didn't want to make any mistakes.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course.
3: So I built it out and after a while I, I started working on the on the um, the father's side. Well, won't go too deep into the father's side but um, he was on the border of um, Germany and Holland and he was three years old during um, what we now know as um, Operation Market Garden in World War Two, where the the, okay. the British and the Canadians smashed their way through or tried to smash their way through into Germany. Right. So a lot of the records was destroyed.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Because of the fighting. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's why I built out the um, three generations of adopted-out people. I tried to build that out as big as I could. And while I was doing my research for the, um, um, I tried uh, getting the the, the um, angels to help me and they, they kind of hit a brick wall. Yep. Uh, they hit a really big brick wall very early because I had no relatives me close enough. Yeah, right. So I was using <clears throat> all fifth relatives to try and find anything. So I ended up, um, as I was doing that, I was getting contacted by people um, for one from Tasmania, and, and another cousin from um, who lives south of London, and uh, works as a nurse. Really lovely guy. Yep. Um, he's a Greek Greek guy, but he's an Australian. Right. And he ended up meeting someone over there and just stayed. There you so, go. Yeah, happens. So, yeah. So, um, I helped. I just anyone that came along that was looking for that part of the family. I just add them onto me family tree and just say, go, you know, grab anything you want. So, and then when Ancestry got to the point where um, now they can match people with their, um, what would you say? You probably know more about than me, where, where you, you get relatives and they link into you yeah. through line. Yeah. After I got the through line stuff, it all matched up and I had multiple relatives and I could click on them. Right. And some of them were 63 people. So, like, wow. from having absolutely no relatives, I've got massive of all these relatives from everywhere. So, they all started to
2: slide into place.
3: Yeah, they all started to slide into place. And even my um, my my father had left and gone to um, over towards Canada way. Yep. And... Um, even his side of the family started sliding in the place. The first one that I found there was um, I had a cousin in New Zealand, a second cousin. Wow. And I'm thinking, how am I related to this guy? I, ring, I ring, rang the guy. I know you're not meant to ring people, but yep. it was getting that, I couldn't find anything. And I rang him. He was just a lovely guy, lives at the bottom of New Zealand. He'd moved there with his family um, from Holland. And his dad had died when he was young. So, and his mother just died when I contacted contacted him. So we didn't get enough information out of his mother. To it wasn't her fault. She died. Yeah, yeah. I just happened to ring at the wrong time, and but we got to being good friends. And um, he had an operation a while back, and um, he needed a kidney. I even offered him one. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know why I offered it to him, but I just felt. No, he'd help me, so yeah. I found out one side of the family had Van Vander Linden and family, but I kind of traced it back. It took, um, I'd gotten a, a cousin that was French, yep, and she um, told me that she related on that side of the family and wasn't related on the van der Linden side of the family, so. We talked to her grandmother, and her grandmother really wasn't connected to my father. But right. what I did was I went back two generations, yeah, and I think it was two or three generations. And then I I made a separate tree and I expanded that out, coming forward, okay, and see if I could if I could net that family, right? And I did. I, nice. I got to. I, I made a mistake. Actually, I made a mistake with his brother um, because his brother had been um, in a. This is my grand, great, my grandfather. Um, his brother was um, in a concentration wow. camp for the the Nazis. Wow! Um, he was a for, forced labor, and he had a heart attack. Another one that had a heart attack. Yeah, right. While working, working. For them building stuff or whatever it was, yeah, um, blade, or whatever it was. So I was really attached with that because I, nothing like that really, you know. Because Mm. we live in Australia, we wouldn't Mm. think like that. Mm. We wouldn't wouldn't look at any of that stuff. Yeah. So I ended up coming forward and I found bits of the family and I kind of worked out some of the information from. Canada and yep. I end up contacting, uh, but that's a totally different story. I don't really want to go too deep into that. But yep. um, I ended up with a sister out of it. So, right. and I do I do have a brother as well. But um, at the moment, we're not talking there because yep. it's, it's it's a very complicated. Yep. situation there well i but, guess there's um, one
2: thing that is common with us all us all adoptees is that it's complicated
3: oh it's really complicated yeah yeah she, she'd come out to australia when i was in the military right i was i was post, posted to sydney my first posting was sydney yep and she she'd come out to australia and she was training people swimming okay um and it, yeah and um yeah, she was in the same area at the same time as me, but we never got to meet, which is disappointing, but yeah. that's what it is. So it was like ships in the night. So, um, but in the end of the day, um, I think that where I'm at now, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with it all. I've amazing. got grandchildren, I've yeah. got th- um, three grandchildren now. Beautiful. And. I just wanted to put it back together again for my grandchildren.
2: Yeah. So then and, there's a story there for them to learn about. Yeah. When they're old enough to hear it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've had connections with the with my mother's side and the connections with um, people, you know, other people with the Hargraves family. Yeah. And finding out their story. And some of the things that happened to them, it's very, very, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how things are a little bit similar, but not the same. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we've been really, I've been really lucky and I'm really, really happy that I've got all these new relatives. Like, you know, it's the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Well, it's always, um, a joyous time when you meet new friends, but when, you meet new family members, it's even better, isn't
3: it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I even got invited in. I've got one that um, this is the funny bit. I'll go back to it really quick. Um, I had a cousin and she put me on to the Angels and her job, yep. with, when I first went looking for my mother, I went to Jigsaw, which is a yeah, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne yep. she was the boss of Jigsaw. Right. Back in the day, wow. He was a nurse and a, uh, the boss of Jigsaw. Wow. And she lives in Melbourne. She invited us into her house and she ma- made cheese platter and all the rest. And it. it was just like if we were at home. Yep. And just fantastic. Her name's Isabel and she's just a lovely person.
2: Nice.
3: And we're just, uh, yeah, just to have that connection, she had been adopted out as well.
2: Wow. And I'll and, tell you what, there's so many people that you meet that, that happen to be adopted and yeah um they're all all the stories are unique um yeah and you don't know until you ask questions really do you
3: no no you don't and and if you don't make if you don't ask the questions even if you even if you don't make that connection as long as you can make the journey where you look at you make a tree up and you can leave it for your grandchildren or yeah you know for whoever you want to, it, it makes you feel a lot better if you do it. Yeah. So I think that yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, you've got to start the journey somewhere. Yep. And you've got to you've got to um, try your hardest to to make that journey happen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, at this point in the um, interviews, I normally ask uh, if you had any advice. For um, either a younger version of yourself, or if somebody else was starting their journey, what would advice would you give them? But in, I think this time, I might ask you what advice or what kind of a message would you like to leave for your future generation?
3: I think that um, the future generation, if they are going to adopt out people, know let them make that connection um i think i had uh my dad didn't mind that i contacted my mother my mother did my adopted mother did make that that um was upset when i was 28 yep and i can understand why because she did all the hard work
1: yeah
3: um i'm not trying to put down birth mothers it's not no. no um they've got their own like I'll give you an example. Isabel told me a story about a mother that came into Jigsaw. Yep. And she cried with her. She actually cried with her about all the stuff because it was before the internet and they were trying yeah. to do, trying to find this, this woman's kid. Right. And, um, yeah. So, but it, it's a long, long story. But what she said is that she got a lot of pleasure out of putting them back together again. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So, and
3: I'll but, tell you yeah, what, though,
2: it, from, um, from my perspective i couldn't imagine a bigger decision or one that would weigh so heavily on your shoulders for the rest of your life as to have to make that decision to to um, adopt out your own child so yeah, yeah definitely and
3: back then there wasn't there wasn't money for people to look after their own children yeah um, you know there's there's all kinds of different things that yep. could happen to, to happen to people you know like
1: yeah
2: um,
3: so I think that at the end of the day, they've, they've done their best. Yeah. Both sides have done their best. And sometimes they don't want to go back and see, and the birth mothers don't want to, they don't want to see that, that you know, they don't want to see the child that they'd lost. Yeah. Because it's so, so hurtful. Yeah. But then sometimes they do make that connection. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So... It's it's a big big um, question. Do you or don't you start the journey and, and make that connection? Or even if you're the parents, do you make that connection? Just remember that these people that are coming out to look for you aren't holding holding any any um, perception of what mm. they're going to see. Mm. They're just looking looking for um, medical medical. Advice, because like I was getting older, and uh, when I was in the military, they'd uh, they'd go, "Oh, what what's happened in your your family?"
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, and I couldn't give them any information. And further on, when I was getting cleared for um, a secret level in the military, I was I was grilled because I didn't have any. Yeah, I didn't have any. Yeah. I didn't have any parent, parents. They actually came and did a positive vet on me. Really? Because I, I didn't, I yeah, I didn't. And the lady came from Adelaide. I was actually posted Adelaide, but she came all the way over to Albury-Wodonga when I was doing a course to do a positive vet on me. Wow. I'm sitting there going, what? And they, they all said to me, we've never had anyone get positively vetted. And I'm going, what? Well, why are they doing it? Yeah. <laughs> and because I didn't have, I was like, adopted i had no one behind yeah. me i don't know <laughs> I, yeah but you've got to think well we've got no with our families and stuff we all we want to do is have that connection yeah and we have a connection to i still have a connection to my adopted family i've got yep. um, relatives in england that and they're still my family absolutely and and, and so uh, so uh, so my adopted family as well yeah um they're all my family so it's it's just having that connection like i've still got um two two nephews and a niece yep. on my sister's side yep. um i don't talk to my sister we had a little bit of a falling out a yep. while back but yep. i still you know still care
2: yeah of course
3: um you know, and i've got and i've now gained another two two nieces and a nephew on my, my my um new sister's side, and my other sister had um, a, a a son and a daughter as well, but I don't have any connection to them because yep. of that. What happened over there, but I hold no malice against them. Mm. um, and, um you, you try your best, and if if they're not going to come come out and and talk to you, well, you can't do any better than that.
2: You can't do better than your best, absolutely.
3: Yeah. So I think a lot of us want to do our best, and like um, I'm still got my um, my uh, tree is private because of my relatives in Canada. Yep. And it will be, but if it's on my um, my mother's side, which uh, they have nothing to do with the other side, I'm happy to help them out because yeah. they're adopted. Yeah, right. And they won't know anything of what's going because that part of the tree will be blanked out for them. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, probably. Yeah.
2: Probably, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, but I can say that I, I didn't, I turned over every stone because I did uh, family tree DNA. I did a, a male, uh, the male DNA test. Yep. And I, I grew up with these guys um, and they're still my friends and we used to do a paper run together and they were Armstrongs. Right. And I did my male DNA test, and I had four pages of Armstrongs on it. Wow! <laughs> so, and then we find out that one of them was somehow we're related. Wow! So they ended up being my childhood friends. There you go. So, yeah, and I didn't even know they could have been related to me. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so but you don't know. Like, and then I did, um, I did um, all the different tests. Like yep. I did. Three or four, because it was so hard to find the the Dutch side. I, I had to do all the different DNA tests, and when you're doing the DNA tests, make sure you spread spread it out. Like there's all different DNA um, groups. There's uh, was it G D uh, match. There's um, what was it. Uh, there's a couple other ones. What, what have we got here? Twenty um, three and Me. That was the last one I did. Um, I didn't find much there, but that's where I found my my cousin from England in there.
1: Right. And
3: we didn't know how we were connected, and I got him to move it over to Ancestry, and we worked out. Yep. So, and we're still in good contact, so we, I, I'll ring him, and it'll be a morning, and he'll, it, we'll just chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think that that would have happened, would you? Not really, no. Um, yeah. No. It's a small it, world it these days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it. That's about the whole of my story. Well, that's um, a
2: fascinating story, Chris. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it and how you've uh, really built uh, a family tree um, that is worldwide, pretty much. So, yeah, you've covered...
3: I've got relatives in America and um, in Canada. I've got um, relatives in Holland and um, uh, England and I even had a relative contact – this is a weird one. I'll throw this in as a – I got contacted by a relative in Ireland. Right. So I've got 10% Irish. Yep. And and he he was connected – his name was Collins. Okay. And I said – I contacted the guy and said, oh, how am I connected to you? Because I didn't know – this is really early in the thing. And right. he goes, oh, it's not me, mate. I got a, I did a DNA test for a guy down on the south coast of Ireland. Okay. And he was related to Michael Collins. Right. General Collins, Michael Uh Collins. Right. Yeah. There you go. And I still don't know how I'm connected to that guy. Yeah, right. (laughs) Somehow I am. Yeah, so like, yeah, so he said, oh, I've lost contact, but. He's down right down on the bottom of the coast. Right. And he said, I wanted to be connected to Michael Collins, so I got him to do a test thinking that I was connected, and I wasn't, but you are."
1: <laughs>
3: there <laughs> it's you go. About, about, I think it was about fourth generation or something Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> there um, must have been someone in the family. But like, if you go back far enough, I think we're all related. <laughs> I think you might be right there too, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the end of that that story pretty much. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for um, having me and, uh, yeah, hopefully no. I didn't talk too long.
2: No, you've done well. Thank you very much for coming on, Chris. It's been an absolute yep. pleasure.
3: Okay, thanks. Cheers. You, you have a good night. Thanks, you too.
2: That was Chris Butters, everyone. Um, you've been listening to The Adoption Chronicles, episode 37 with Mick Shepard. And uh, that was quite a fascinating story going all the way around the world and uh, also some really interesting uh, backstories with uh, three generations of, uh, of potential adoptees there as well. So if you've got an adoption story that you'd like to tell, um, please drop me a line, um, look up the Adoption Chronicles on Facebook and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers.
3: Thanks, mate. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, mate. I'll let you go, mate. You've probably got stuff to do. No worries. Um, look up that the flashman thing, you will love it. We'll do. Cheers, mate. If, if you're interested. We might send you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, mate. Nice to talk to you. Likewise. You. Cheers, mate. See, See ya. ya. See ya.